Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? <laughs> well, I'm fine. I don't know. You don't seem so great, Moggy. How are you, Murdoch? I'm okay. We have some <laughs> issues to discuss. I'm doing a lot better than the last time we talked for other reasons, but we do have one on the table here. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I will make it. Uh, for the listeners, I apologize. My voice isn't exactly where it should be. I am slowly recovering from one of them summer colds, so please bear with. Normal service shall resume shortly. I mean, that quivering <laughs> weepingness in his voice is due to his love for the show, not the, not the fact that he is on his you know on his sick bed for you for you the listener he's doing it for you you should be we, we should all be grateful yeah, I, I actually set the mic up like directly over my sick bed <laughs> so i can i'm i'm lying down right now i have my hot tea next to me my the nurse is slowly sort of like trying to keep my my corporeal form here just for one more show one more show and then i can you know <laughs> just go to sleep not you know not the other thing i'll be fine <laughs> Okay. Well, hi. Welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Recovering Moggy, joined today by Jeff. Hello, I'm perfectly healthy. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And without a really good segue today, we are going to be talking about single-use items, those sometimes hard to justify things that we bring into our life that only maybe do one thing. So you have to decide whether it's okay to like give up time, money, and space for that one object that, yeah, give me my rice cooker back, Jeff. That, that's what this show's about. <laughs> give me it back. See, I have this image of you walking around like uh, Emperor Augustus, banging your head on the walls going, ah, Quintilus virus, give me back my rice cooker. You're more <laughs> no. right than you know. <laughs> but, but no, uh, I'm not giving you back the rice cooker. It's awesome, and I use it every day. Thank you. Hmm. They're amazing. And Technically, I know technically, like they're not single, single use. You can make some pretty dope cakes in those bad boys. Yeah, but they're kind of, they're a very dedicated item. And initially I was very against the idea of a single use item. You know, I was very much, I don't want a single use item. I want everything to be multi-purpose. Otherwise it's going to be clutter everywhere. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not getting a rice cooker. So we got a rice cooker. I really stood my ground on that one. And we got a rice cooker and it's awesome and I love it and I was and I can't believe I was ever against it. And the hilarity that I've ended up with it and not Moggy is just a joy to me. They're a little a true big. joy to me. <laughs> They're a little large to try and uh, cart it from one end of Europe to the other. But very expensive to replace. They have really shut up in price since we bought that one. Hmm. It's it's a real shame. But it's it's one of those things where it's you know, to to, to go with the show. It's a massive indulgence having something in your kitchen, for example, that does one dedicated thing. You've only got so much room on your counter and you've got this one thing that does one particular thing extremely well. I mean, it's it, it does it extremely well. You know, Mocky, you don't have it anymore. You miss it so much. <laughs> you can cook rice on the stovetop. It's not that difficult, but the, the rice cooker makes it just, it's so easy. It's so perfect. <laughs> it's always restaurant quality rice. Um, uh. But... I think, like, without this turning into rice cast, uh, which it could be, I can talk about rice until, you know, the not the cows, but maybe some sort of rice farmer comes home. The, the, I think the, the big one, for, especially for us Brits, kettles do very little except boil water. Yet it's probably the first thing any Brit will buy when they get a new home. Oh, they will make sure there it, is a kettle in there before there's, like, a TV it's the most important thing because, you know, if you finished, when you're about to move into a place and you're, and you're shifting the boxes, you need a cup of tea. You've got to put a kettle on. When you finish shifting boxes, you're going to have a cup of tea. 
put a kettle on. People come round, put kettle on. Football's on, put kettle on. You World's know, ending, put kettle on. <laughs> well, exactly, you know, put kettle on so you can have a think about it. Huh. Makes me wonder, am I part British? Hmm. <laughs> that was definitely one of the first things that came into the apartment, and a kettle I'll, for the tea. I was going to say, I was going to say, aren't we all? But then that opens a whole other kind of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah, on. Just be careful with that one. Yeah, moving swiftly, <laughs> swiftly on. No, I think a lot of uh, a lot of the world that doesn't microwave cups of water uses a kettle, which you should not do. It's so dangerous to microwave water. Please yeah. don't do that. It can superheat and explode, and then you'll <laughs> you'll be like you'll be like that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. You know the one I'm on about? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the only thing that I've seen from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. But yeah, so it's a choice, isn't it? Like, I think the rice cooker is a great example of it's not something that you can't do without. It just does that one thing in a far more convenient way. It makes really high quality rice easily mm. it's that thing it's, it's that uh, balance of convenience versus effort yeah you can make amazing rice in a rice in a, in, in, a, in a saucepan but you've really got to know what you're doing there's room for error whereas the single use item and it applies to so many other things it removes the human error out of it it just does it for you and there's a massive value in that convenience mm. because i am prone to making many many mistakes in many many places it's one of the things i'm I, I'm, I'm very good at is being bad at things and <laughs> The rice cooker and single-use devices, it, it kind of removes all that, and it's it adds a lot. It can add a lot of quality to your life. Mm. I mean, you could also become a little over-reliant on it sometimes, and you lose other skills. But yeah, you know, it's worth it in some places. It depends on the places. I'm I'm guessing part of the argument is quite literally how much of this thing are you going to need, and how consistently, on the long run. Like, the coffee makers are an indulgence for sure, but it depends if you go through, you know, or if you're in a workplace environment, basically, a coffee maker might be a much better option than sitting down with your fancy pants V60 setup, waiting for a cup of coffee made for like 50 employees. Oh, I mean, yeah. what's really great is if you, if you sit down with a really fancy V60 that you didn't have to get because a, a, a person left it behind and now you get to use it. It's <laughs> amazing. Is virus, give me back my coffee grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've got a coffee grinder. This is just, they were just in boxes when I moved in. They were amazing. I've got a coffee grinder. I've got a V60. I've got an AeroPress. I've got a uh, Chemex. I've got all this all this amazing uh, coffee making stuff, and it's so convenient for me to have because I never had to pay for any of it. Hmm. Well, that, that also falls into the argument as well. Aren't those single purpose devices? <laughs> they really, really are. I mean, I mean, you can technically use a Chemex as a you can use it as like a wine flask. The name escapes me at this point in time. Carafe. Um, a carafe. You, you can use it as a carafe. Um, let's just pretend I said that from the beginning because I am eloquent. <laughs> but yeah, you're not really going to be able to use the coffee grinder for anything other than grinding coffee. Oh, you shouldn't and you, anyway. Like, you can <laughs> use... Why does my coffee taste all curry powdery? Yeah, you can... Obviously, coffee grinders make great spice grinders, but they should be, you know, separated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... There, there, I mean, sometimes coffee and certain spices go well together, but not in every single thing you ever make ever, which is what will happen if you mix the two. Hmm. Yeah. So what I would want you guys to sort of think about today when we're talking about this is to really branch this out, not just single-use appliances, but it's kind of, it's anything that is one time or convenience versus, you know, uh, taking the time and effort to do something or multi multitask it, if that makes sense. I I think 
what my fevered brain is trying to get around is it's like going out and buying sandwiches every day at lunch. That's like the single-use version of lunch. You're just going to the nearby sandwich shop and getting it, as opposed to the multi-purpose, i.e. going to the supermarket and buying all the ingredients to make sandwiches and then making them yourself every you know evening or morning and taking them to work with you. In there's my mind, it's a very similar... Yeah, there's a convenience versus effort thing there. And what's really, really good is sometimes if you, for example, have a particular device that can make rice really easily, you can take <laughs> rice to work every day. Hmm. It has... Its usefulness just keeps... It, it never ends, Marky, how amazing this rice cooker I never wanted is for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell. Yes. Well, you two are Look, brothers, you're... after all, are you not? <laughs> well... <laughs> Not only brothers, but I'm also the little brother. It's my job to be as annoying as humanly possible. Oh, in that case, I knew it. He admitted it. That, it's on <laughs> it is, It's literally in our job description. Well, we're, we're very, very proud of you, Jeff. Very proud of you. You're doing a very good job there. <laughs> Woo! So, I mean, a good example is the sandwiches because you can really spend a lot more money than you realize very quickly buying lunch every day and it's often not so healthy, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, getting a Greg's cheese and onion pasty every day is not good for you. Delicious, <laughs> but not good for you. But it also kind of feeds into that thing with the, you know, making all the, you know, going out and getting the effort to prepare your own stuff. It is worth it in the long run because one, it's cheaper. It is just downright cheaper. Two, it's probably healthier because it's not a Greg's cheese and onion pasty. Well, Greg's as well has the temptation of the, the, the sweeter pastries. I know when I was doing it, the, the Bavarian slices were often too much of a temptation. And then it becomes not just expensive, but rather calorie dense every day. Hmm. Well, for those of you that aren't aware of Greg's, it's, it's a British bakery chain that is just sells the most delicious and terribly unhealthy pastries of all time. You can get your cheese and onion pasties and your, and, and your beef slices and you can get your yum yums and your vanilla slices and it's all there in a counter waiting for you and it's uh, very very easy to just i'll have that i have a question what is a pasty yeah um, jeff that's quite a british concept i've learned this it recently is. it's like a okay, pie so, yeah it's like it's so it's a filling wrapped in a dense pastry and then baked thank you for the clarification that makes a lot more sense now Cornish pasties are the classic, but you've also got your turnovers and your slices. And if you just Google Greg's and look at images, I'm sure there are plenty out there. You always know a Greg's is near when you see a flock of pigeons following somebody uh. because they're dropping all the crumbs from the pastry. There's always a horde of pigeons around a Greg's. It's kind of like, you know, in Assassin's Creed, you know, there's one of those places to jump because of all the birds. It's like that with the Greg's. Right. Uh, Jeff, I think in Britain, you always know a Greg's is near because you're in Britain. There is always a Craig's. There's near always you. there like, is always I a think Craig's. They, near. I, I think they built them on the ley lines or something. <laughs> Legend They've says the Craig's were there before mankind even arrived on the island. <laughs> but and then another thing that I wanted to push through is a, a rather you know, going on from our pastry talk, another sticky conversation is the ethical consumption as well, because it can be tricky. If you're trying to, you know, buy from the right people and often you find that that kind of also can push you towards more specialist single use, but it's a lot more expensive, a lot more time consuming. It's it's tricky, right? It, it, it's very tricky. I mean, and there's that conversation about just 
purely single-use items. You know, there's the whole rumble about the single-use plastics that people are trying to get rid of for very good reasons. Mm. And it, it, it leads into that. Sometimes, you know, if your fin- you know, if your financial situation isn't great, you may have to rely on these cheap single-use items because that's what's affordable to you. We talked and about it with the boots, didn't we? W- yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing, yeah, as, as, as uh, Reams's boots, hoo-ha. Hmm. And it's it's a, it's a tricky one because if that's what you can afford and that's what you need, you shouldn't really... It's not fair to feel guilty about it. Um, but maybe if it's in your you know financial reach to be able to be a bit, you know, think a bit more about it and maybe try for something else maybe that's something to do if you can hmm yeah and it can be tricky as well if you're trying to choose companies whose you know ideals and actions align with your own and it can just be as we said it's a rather sticky conversation to navigate but i think it really all boils down to like we said the comparison between convenience versus effort and mm. and i think price uh, comes under the same thing as effort and you know like when we talk about like the sandwiches you know it it can be so much hard work to you know make your own lunch every day when you're tired when it means getting up 15 minutes earlier or staying awake 15 minutes longer at the end of the day it doesn't sound like much but it can be mm-hmm. but then when you're buying your lunch every day like so I, I i once looked at it sometimes you for the same price as one meal deal you know in air quotes you can get all the ingredients to make a week's worth of lunches and then you're not having everything wrapped in that you know flimsy throwaway plastic you're not having the super sugary calorie dense sauces that they coat everything in it gives back to you in many ways but at the same time like if you can afford it and work is hard enough that little treat in the middle of the day can be what you need to get you through so yeah, I don't definitely. think there's a there isn't a good answer here. Which well, is, I think it's it's like almost everything we talk about. It's a case by case basis. It's the it's about the individual and the situation. Every single time, you have to look at it every single time, hmm. because what may be right one day may not be right the next day. Yeah, you kind of just have to, you just have to examine it as you go. Kind of like with most things, you just got to keep on looking at it. Yeah, especially the meal deal prices because they keep going up, and it is a it, it's a sh- it's, it's disgraceful. Now, I want to move on to another topic that's a little more in Murdoch's remit that it may seem out of left field at first, but it is in the same ballpark. It's not quite single use. In fact, it's very multi-use, really. But in the same way of, is it worth putting in the effort? Murdoch, you've got quite a fascination with home automation, don't you? Yes. Who doesn't like the idea of a house that essentially takes care of itself? There's, there's definitely the laziness aspect to it. It's like, oh, I don't have to get up to, you know, open the blinds, close the blinds, turn on the lights, turn off the lights, regulate the AC, or make sure everything is off when I leave the house. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't really want to go into the nuts and the bolts of it today, but no, it's fairly easy to go on YouTube and see the absolutely crazy things that you can set your house up to do. It's not cheap mm-hmm. yet, 
But yeah, you can pretty much set it so that the moment you drive it, you know, your car into its spot at the end of your day, your house turns into some sort of Rube Goldberg machine with, you know, little balls and chains and things just knocking <laughs> one over. So that by the time you walk through, your favorite song is playing and the egg is boiling and the tea kettle is... Isn't, isn't, that, the whole th- isn't that the whole thing from the Robin Williams film, uh, Flubber? Uh, yes, and I think Japan has like a game show where you can set them up, and like it's the concept of it is is super cool. Yeah, when you think about it, it's like oh yeah, everything's going to be ready when I get home. And then I'm sure Murdoch, you know, the, how much work is it to get that to that point in the first place? Because I don't think it's just like press button on app. We're we're not we're not there yet. Is a short version of the story. Can somebody automate the process to get us there? Uh, yes, it's called paying a, a company quite a lot of money to do it for you. That, that's, that's basically it. At the, at the moment, if you want anything remotely close to that, it's either A, yes, you go pay a company that will maybe, perhaps, do something for you that you hope will function the way you intend it to, and then if it breaks down, you have to go back and contact them. Or B, essentially put in the like effort to learn how to set all of this up, and it is a lot of it is a lot of work to learn how all this stuff works, how it all interconnects, and how you know how to make sure things continue working, and if something breaks down, how to fix it. Like it's that there's an argument here whether it is really a convenience you have to go through all the trouble to get the setup in the first place. I suppose it's a nice it's a nice living example of convenience. Mm. It's, it's not just it's not convenience versus effort. It's effort in for convenience later. Whether or not it pays it back, mm-hmm. that's another question entirely. It'd be cool. I mean, again, the concept sounds super super cool. Plus, especially because of little Roomba vacuums and lawnmowers, because you can give them little hats mm. and names. And well, there's something that's on my mind whenever I really see all these. Like. I think like the vision of it is also the other, I mean, very British today. I apologize. Although I don't apologize if you haven't heard of Wallace and Gromit. This is a gift I'm giving to you, the listener. Uh, It's the, you know, the idea that, you know, when the character Wallace would wake up, his house would be brushing his teeth for him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like he'd wake, he'd wake up and his bed would flip vertical. So he'd slide out of bed into his slippers and... Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like that's the direction that a lot of home automation is doing. You know, it's the little things. It's almost like an uh, alarm clock coffee makers. You get woken up to the sound of your coffee being made for you, the, the aroma and all of that. And that's cool. But going back to the amazing coffee gear that was, you know, brutally ripped from my heart, I used no, to... It, it, it wasn't ripped from your you heart. You can't it's just defend that. yourself. <laughs> Don't try. <laughs> I am a sick man, Jeff. You can't do this to me right now. Oh, do you know what would be really good for you? You're really good for sickness is like some really nice coffee. Oh, you can't. Uh, it. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Tea is fine. Some, some, some nice tea, oh, oh, herbal oh, tea. Oh, also, soothing. What's really good for a cold is rice porridge. Oh, oh my God. Jeff, no da- down, down. <laughs> <laughs> when I did have all of this wonderful, wonderful stuff, I really enjoyed my morning ritual of making my coffee. It would be the first thing I would do when I would wake up would be I would go down to the kitchen and I would start my V60 process because I don't like my hot beverages at the scalding temperature the way Jeff does. So I would like make my coffee. I would then leave it to sort of cool for a little bit while I went off and, you know, brush my teeth and did 
other stuff. So that I would come down and just be, I would be able to sit down and enjoy my perfect temperature coffee and all of that. And if I automated that away, I would miss something there. I would miss the, the ritual and the ceremony of it. Hmm. There's something very important about like the mindfulness or engaging mindfully in like the rituals that we do sometimes, the cooking, the cleaning, the coffee making, and kind of like that moment to give your brain a break where it only focuses on like one thing. Hmm. I think it's more valuable than we might otherwise think sometimes. And yeah, automation can risk that because it kind of steers us into that, you know, well, while this is happening, I can do this and I can also do this and I could be hyper-productive, which well, is fine some of the time, ooh. but perhaps not all the time. I mean, how many cultures have tea ceremonies? Hmm. We stereotype them into the Far East, but like so many cultures have... The British really kind of have a bit of a ceremony around tea time. Hmm. It's not as uh, ritualized as maybe the Japanese and the Chinese, but... You know, all across Europe, the Middle East, and like tea time is a thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's a moment to sit and you, you, you take stock as the kettle boils, you stare off into nothingness for a while and let your brain just go into standby mode. Wow. And then, you know, you, you know exactly how long you want your tea to brew for if you're a tea drinker. You know exactly what you're doing and how you're making it and which cup is good and which cup is bad for tea because some cups make terrible teas. I don't know why, but they do. Interesting. Uh, I guess it's, it's all these it's all these little moments, yeah, that just kind of feed into this one single event that you're focusing on. That 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 cup thing is interesting. I guess some cups, you know, just by the nature of their design, they cool down or retain heat. I don't know what it is, but some cups get relegated to the, you know they get relegated to the back of the cupboard. They're not even guest cups because you're not going to serve <laughs> a guest a cup, a cup of tea that tastes bad. Uh, the so hot they become cups. They're, yeah, they're the hot chocolate cups and the coffee cups, maybe mm. uh, definitely the pen holding cups. Mm. Oh yeah, I I think there's a tiny bit of insight that's just crossed my mind. I always love those. Well, ultimately, like the, the, there is some value in, you know, waking up in the morning and making your bed and opening up the curtains and going through these rituals. Yes. Yeah. Making your coffee, you know, doing specific things at specific times. Like there's definitely a mental value in doing some of these things. I think the balance in terms of like, you know, convenience comes when you really don't have the time or the energy to do certain things. Hmm. It's like well, automating certain tasks that are time consuming and, you know, not that beneficial on the mental scale of things. There is mm. some benefit to that, but where you draw the line seems to be like a very big point of contention. Automation companies will have you believe that, no, you want to automate everything. Well, it's a very interesting one. You've got things like when the washing machine was invented, mm -hmm. suddenly people had so much more time in a day. Mm because they weren't spending four or five hours a day scrubbing things on a washing board. Mm -hmm. mm. And mm. it's there are, there are certain things that, yeah, like there's the free time that you get from certain things is incredibly valuable, mm. uh, massively valuable. Uh, a, a small minor note, basically, like uh, cleaning, you know, spring, essentially spring cleaning a, a house or an apartment. Like that is, that is a very time-consuming process. You don't have to sit down, dust the corners, like, you know, Swipe everything until it's like, you know, shiny and clean and all of that. Um, that, I think, up to a certain point is uh, therapeutic, but yeah, too much of it I'd can so. be. Too much of it can be quite, you know, tiresome and just, you know, it gets yeah. in the way of doing other things. 
Uh, I'd mm-hmm. be okay with a Roomba running around rather than me. I, I'll definitely attest to the Roomba story. A friend of mine, many, many years ago, basically, like uh, he moved into an apartment. I think this was somewhere in somewhere in Pennsylvania. So I would visit every once in a while, and him being an engineer and living in a state of like organized chaos. There was boxes and there was papers like here and there. But the one thing that was like spotless was the carpet, and he owed that to the uh, he owed that to the Roomba that he just had <laughs> let wow. loose in the apartment. I think Jeff alluded to, if not the line, at least the DMZ, where this issue kind of sits, and it's hyper productivity. Mm. And again, I'm not going to go into the details of this, because you can go onto YouTube or the rest of the internet and find and find plenty of productivity gurus who will tell you how to maximize every effort you're making, how you know, every minute you're not hustling, you're losing money. And you know, I have seen some, I'm going to say demented, systems in place where you can literally take every book you read and like have it go into note-taking apps and into mind maps and like you know and it upsets me the idea of turning myself into this little productivity machine there to just you know make money and capital and woo and you know burr away so that's the thing with automation and you jeff you really hit the nail on the head with the washing machine the idea was that it freed up time right that Mm -hmm. And automation and machinery was always supposed to do that. It's to free up our time. So when automation and, yeah, as we said, single-use or multi-use devices, anything really, comes into our life, the best thing it can do is to automate away some boring, monotonous thing that we don't really want to do to free us up to do something more of what we want to do. Mm. As we said, you know, like... The idea is is that human beings should be drawing and painting and writing poetry and exploring, you know, the philosophy, the things that make us human, while the robots do all the boring, menial things. We appear to be going in the opposite direction right now, but that's a... Yeah, that's, it's, yeah, the future where the robots make all the art and we go to work is not the one I signed up for, oh. but it's the, one, it's the one we have, so... That's, yeah. <laughs> Yay! So maybe, like... You know, if I if I had my all of my breakfast routine just mapped out for me, so I would just like wake up and I would sit down. There is the risk that all I would do is like start my day by immediately opening and doom scrolling social media. Yeah, hmm. the, the the modern equivalent of reading the newspaper. Let's be honest. So maybe the ri- maybe I would rather have the ritual than doom scrolling. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I mean, this was something we've talked about before, and it's a point that I think we've come back to and we'll we'll always come back to. Not everything we do has to have a productive purpose or a point. I would prefer it didn't have a productive purpose or a point. Sometimes it's good to be, it's sometimes it's even good to be bad at something, just paint a bad painting just for the sake of it. I was. I read. A, I can't. I can't remember the whole quote because it was like a. It was, it was a fairly big one. It was something from Kurt Vonner, Vonnegut, Vonnegut. I Von saw the same Von thing Von earlier yes, today. saw the same thing. Yeah, same thing <laughs> earlier today. Where you know, the, the whole thing boiled down to you know, it's it's okay to be bad at something as long as you enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the, if you're painting a terrible painting as long as you have fun doing it. It doesn't need to be a Picasso or you know. You don't need to write something like Stravinsky. 
as we long are, as you're having as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. We are not little productivity machines. Mm. Yes, no, I'm ter- I'm terrible at being productive. Better. Well, like I guess one way to paint it is that basically, like if you do introduce some of these single-purpose items that save you some time, some of these you know appliances that do save you some time, you have like a little bucket of saved time, right? Ooh. If you have a little... This is a metaphor. <laughs> if you have a little bucket of saved time, you don't want to dump everything that's in that bucket into that hyper-productivity sink. No, you do not want to be 100% productive all the time. That, feel, that feels bad. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you why that just instinctively feels bad. The because idea. things things burn out when they run 100%. I, I, you, need, I, 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 you, need that, you need wiggle room. You do need wiggle room also. I did not plan this, but apparently it will uh, drain you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm stealing it. <laughs> oh, yes. So what, what you want is like, you want to save some of that time in a bucket for you. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, I think there's uh, there is even like a like a business principle around this, right? Like this is more your wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember the name of it and I looked it up before because I couldn't remember the name of it and b- being a smart, productive man that I am, I didn't write it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a whole thing around like 80-20, it's like the 80-20 principle mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. It, I mean, the crux, the, the crux of it is is like, you know, um, like 80% of your, yeah, Pareto principle, that's what it is, yeah. 80% of your outcomes come from 20% of your inputts right to really to really boil it down you know so 80 percent of so if you do if you're making like a bunch of stuff your business 80 percent of your profits will come from 20 percent of your products mm-hmm. but it's a number that kind of goes into a lot of things like things should only ever run at 80 percent capacity or 80 percent efficiency mm. that's your ceiling that's your ceiling you should never aim to go higher than that because when, if you're running at 90 percent capacity anything that drops in is just going to you know, it's a spoke in the wheel, everything's going to fall apart. Mm, but that right. 80%, just, you know, sitting nicely below capacity, mm-hmm. everything can run smoothly. Things can get thrown in and not ruin everything. Nothing gets burnt out. And it's the same with people. A person, yeah. say that a person's working for eight hours a day, they shouldn't be working solidly for eight hours a day. They should be working for 80% of that. Because sometimes you've got to go to the bathroom. You've got to stare into space. You've got to take a break from your workstation. It's just natural parts of being a person. And I think oftentimes we forget that as as as, as businesses and as, as societies that yeah and we as individuals be, as individuals yeah we force ourselves to work harder than we really should be. Hmm. It's that hustle culture again. Exactly. Hmm. So, so, some some elements of hustle culture seem to be beneficial, but not a hundred percent of it. I think this is this is one of these cases. Well, maybe eighty percent of it. Maybe twenty percent of that hustle yeah. culture. <laughs> Like, well, it's like, yeah, you know, 20% hustle may result 80% results. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So just to go back to, you know, the bucket thing, Murdoch, your bucket of time. Uh-huh. You know that scene from the American office where Kevin comes in and spills all his chili? No. Oh. He's carrying a bucket of chili, but I that's what I... Scene. That is what I would do with my bucket of time every time I, if, if, you know, I, I'd walk in and like, look how efficient, like how much time I'm going to have. And then I spill over, you know, like a cat photo or something or a dog. Yeah. And then all my time is gone because... I, I, I was late to work again because I was petting a cat. It's happened many times. <laughs> this feels like a very like internet web comic type thing where you sort of like you, I have all this free time and you're like skipping along and you trip up and you're just like on the floor of video games. <laughs> yeah. When did the sun go That's down? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. So to bring this all together, guys, like 
whether it's a single use device, whether it's that glorious, glorious, give me back my rice cooker, <laughs> some process or idea or like, you know, grand concepts. So like literally we can go from the, do I buy a kettle or do I fully automate my entire home? When do you do that? How do you make that decision? I feel like it's one of those things. I, I fear it's never a decision you make. It's you look back as you, as you stepped off the precipice and you see everything you've done. You think, I don't know how I got here and why is everything automated? Hmm. So it could also be not so much of a, like, because we often talk about like how to buy the right product, when to buy the right product, but it could also be the when to take a step back, when to reduce, when to, oh, minimize. Ah. Yeah, so I, I get it in there every now and then. <laughs> well, I think I have, I have a hunch, call it a hunch. I think it's worth looking into these things once you start to identify points of friction. Oh, right. Mm, that's a that's good, good. That's good, yeah. So it's when, like you said, it's the I'm running a vacuum around my house every every other day and it's taking up half an hour of my very limited free time. Mm -hmm. You can sort of go, how much is my free time worth to me? Because a Roomba is, I've looked, they're expensive. Mm -hmm. But what's my time worth to me? You know, would I rather have that little rascal running around the house all day scaring the cat so that I can come home and watch even more Netflix? <laughs> but but wait, what if it was like one of those videos where the cat sits on top of the room oh. whilst it moves around? <laughs> then you can take a video of it and then figure out some way to monetize it. Yes, entertainment and hustle culture. No, no, Murdoch, no. Ah. <laughs> uh. He's learning all the wrong things, or is it the right things? We don't no, know. We don't know anymore. Uh, let's be honest, Felix would just, feel like Pumpkin would run away from it and Felix would just try to kill it. <laughs> not not, not at all what you had in mind. Also, how good are they at pet hair? I don't know. Uh, some, some of them are quite specialized. Like, they, they, they can be equipped, outfitted to deal with pet hair. But anyways, I, I, I guess it's time to, <laughs> it is time to wrap up, clean up this conversation. It's it's time for this conversation Roomba to go back to its charging ah, point. Ah, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. My uh, I, I'm slacking in my du my hosting duties, <laughs> but you, <laughs> I, I I I have a sick note. My doctor wrote it for me. Um, I do. I have a sick note. It's been a very rough week so far. This says Moggy can't play football today. Can he please go and goal? Signed, Mom. <laughs> He's, he needs to sit on the side and watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think this is something that really leads us into next week's conversation because it's all well and good talking about it, like when to do this, how to do this, when to go forward, when to go backwards, when to just swing side from side, twirling, always twirling, twirling towards, towards freedom. Twirling towards freedom. But how we do that is kind of changing very rapidly because what we used to do is like, how do I buy a kettle? Well, I'll go on to Reddit and, you know, find, you know, some sort of tea brewing forum and there will be a bunch of people talking about the best kettles. Nowadays, you don't know what's an ad, what's fake, what's real, what's fad, what's... It, it's all quite... thing. And so next week, we really want to dive into that because I think today we've kind of just figured out that it's really up to you. Buy the rice cooker if you want or don't. You can make it in the pan. It's okay. But how you decide to move forward, it's so difficult without the right information, right? Mm. Mm. Without the right information and 
truly knowing what you're actually looking at, it makes the whole process so much harder of determining not only is this something I want, but is this thing actually as good as everybody's saying it is? Because you just don't know if these people, uh, if these reviews are uh, are ac accurate and fair or not. It's a are they it's a real? Difficult, are they bought and paid for? Are it's the a difficult you're world to navigate. To real people, yeah, it's it's very difficult. So. Okay, well, that that's what we'll be talking about next week. So, guys, any final thoughts on today's topic, at least? Other than that, you know, rice cookers are fantastic. Just really great, <laughs> wonderful things. <laughs> Murdoch. <laughs> I think it's quite literally, like, whatever, you know, time savings you get, keep that for yourself. You may need this time mm. to recover. Isn't that right, Moggy? <laughs> I, I may be going and having a little lie down after this. That's uh, uh, that's entirely possible, I will admit. We, we do hope yeah. you get well soon. Thank mm -hmm. you. We have talked about that before, the don't burn yourself out, giving yourself breaks. So for sure, don't turn yourself into a little productivity machine, especially when that productivity is going elsewhere. You know, yeah. unfortunately, so many of us, we give away so much of ourselves and we don't always get it back. Like money is our time crystallized into little vouchers. That's, there's not always a linear relationship between effort and vouchers. So make sure that you're looking after yourself in that transaction for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've been indulgently minimal, uh, not running at 100% efficiency, but as we've learned, that's okay. We are are on instagram we're on mastodon you can check the show notes for all the links to our socials any thoughts questions email us at indulgently minimal at gmail.com also if you like what we do if you want to help support the show please consider buying us a coffee on coffee the link to that is ko-fi.com forward slash indulgently minimal. Again, links in the show notes, also on all the socials. So if you do, thank you so much for supporting the show. It really means a lot to us. I've been Moggy, slowly dying, joined by Jeff. Yeah, thanks, guys. Remember to go easy on yourselves, especially you, Moggy. You should probably <laughs> go lie down. <coughs> and Murdoch. <laughs> And remember, folks, indulge a little. Thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. See you for the next one. Bye. Say hello to guys. Take care, everyone.